Kessel, the legend herself, my mom. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and I want you to express your views because you generally express your views anyway. And they're not always captured. They're not documented. They're just conversations between us over the phone or in person. So I want to just document your views at the moment, given what's happening. Sure. And before I'm we usually, get... But I usually charge for this. How much? What are your rates? Uh, it goes from 100 on. And who is paying you, exactly? Well, usually the interviewer. Can you name any names? You. <laughs> I have no. <laughs> well, in that case, this episode is over. <laughs> so, $100, good. This better be worth it. Yeah. I will uh, I'll ask you just for your immediate reaction to what's happening. Uh, immediate reaction. I'm, uh, I have a mixed feeling, actually, ever since it started. Uh, when it started off, uh, I was very happy. I thought that's really the beginning of a new era here in Lebanon. But uh, it kept on going, this feeling, for the next day, the third day. But then I started uh, becoming anxious, anxious and worried. Uh, we might lose it. Well, Why? What is it about the third day that made you anxious? Well, uh, it lasted for too long. 24 hours, uh, days and nights covering uh, uh, in the news. Uh, it's uh, 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 really the, the, the mass population was getting uh, higher and higher, but at the same time, uh, it's becoming exhausting. Uh, people were tired. Uh, people, uh, uh, the, the people, the, the, the people that are not in the streets, got tired as well. Uh, but don't, don't the numbers prove otherwise? Because the momentum has been picking up dramatically. Right, right. But uh, I'm telling my own experience. Mm. My own experience among my friends, mm. family members, mm. neighbors. We all got stuck in the houses, in our houses. Oh, so you mean actually that you're locked because of... Oh, locked. I see, I see. And yeah. uh, not able to drive around, not knowing which street is open, which street mm. is closed. At the same time, I usually, I am the kind of person that usually likes to spend her weekend with her uh, mother. I was not able to make it, which made me uh, feel bad again. Uh, uh, we were uh, kind of... Uh, uh, Really, I, I, uh, as I said, the first two, three days were extremely happy. Then I started becoming a little anxious. Is that gonna last for too long? Could it be sustainable? Uh, would people be able to really go on with their life this way? So your fear is more that because the city is more or less locked and because you can't move around the country, that your fear is that this will have a negative effect long yeah, term. Yeah, in the long term. And are you talking, Let's uh, aside from visiting relatives and visiting friends and not being able to move, are you afraid of financial things collapsing as a result, given that things are bad enough as they are? The economy is, is very, very weak. Right, are right. You, are you concerned that this could lead to a, a worse situation? You know, it's, it's we've been feeling this way ever since uh, 
in the last year or so, feeling really uh, having this feel of the collapse of the Lebanese pounds, and people were worried uh, without having a uh, strike, without having uh, this kind of uh, demonstrations. So this feel uh, and this fear has been going on for a long time. But this time is uh, no. This I'm not. Uh, it's not the fear of uh, collapsing of uh, the Lebanese pounds. Uh, even though I, I think it will eventually if we stay like this. But uh, we converted our money. We made all the uh, uh, steps to keep ourselves uh, in, uh, safe, uh, safely economically. But uh, no, that's not my fear. My fear is we might lose it. Lose what? We might lose this revolution. But I, So let me understand you right. Because it's taking more than a few days, you're afraid that... Right, right. So this just should be something that's done very quickly. 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 So, okay, let me, let me get to the bottom of that. What would you have preferred to see on the third day? Since um, you, you said that the anxiety for this revolt right. began on the third day, right. what would you prefer to see? Yeah, I was hoping and crossing mm. my fingers and actually making phone calls and uh, trying to spread, uh, uh, to spread it around. Please, please, someone, somehow, one of you guys resign. And actually, I was thinking about Prime Minister. Uh, so that's now this the weekend when he gave the 72 hour that's, window that that was unacceptable so to say the least mm -hmm. so the acceptable I was very disappointed you would have wanted to see the resignation day absolutely. day one or day Absol two or day absolutely absolutely can I ask you then is that the ultimate goal in your opinion that if if he is to resign if he if he steps down would that to you be the the accomplishment no, of this revolt? No, 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 no. no. That's not what uh, the mm. people are asking for. No, their uh, their objectives are way too much, and uh, but at least to start off somewhere somehow, because and why I say the prime minister because the prime minister I know, and I know and I am sure, he is unlike the others. He is not. A member of this club, if I want to call it a club, even though it's a dirty club, but it's a club. And, uh, it's been lasting for too long, 25, 30 years. And uh, those people are militia people, all of them. All of them. Militia people, they, uh, they uh, fought, they uh, killed people, they ordered to kill people. Uh, there are, uh, there is blood on their hands. Prime Minister Hariri is not like them. Prime Minister Hariri is a gentleman. He's a man who's been sacrificing his, his uh, life. Actually, he sacrificed a lot. His money, his life, and his father, and his uh, advisor, which happened to be my husband. But you, you would have rather seen him take the he initiative is. by stepping down, hoping that Behind him, I, the system would fall with him? No, I know deep inside his heart, he is with them. And he agrees with the, with the, the people in the, the street, protesters, with, with yeah. the protesters. I know that. I but, know for but, sure. Actually, he said it. But let's say that he did. What, what, what would have been, what would that accomplish? My concern, right the first, yeah, the accomplishment, mm -hmm. the first accomplishment, mm. which I care a lot about, mm. is his own safety, his own uh, uh, sanity. 
So in other words, uh, it's, because it's, because it's he's personal. because he's now being labeled as sort of the, he's he is one of the symbols of this right, regime right, right, right. that you would want him to step down and maybe leave. Leave for a while. Leave for People a while. will ask you to come back. Don't worry. But if he doesn't do that now, before tomorrow, he is losing a lot of popularity, which somewhere, somehow, he would lose it and forever. Can I ask you, what do you think? I mean, we can't, we don't know. We can't. We can't speak on his behalf no, either. The, yeah. But what do you think is going on in his mind now, given that it's the seventh day? Knowing Prime Minister Hariri, I think he's afraid again and again about the country. The collapse of the country. The collapse for sure, 100%. I think he is still thinking, maybe living in denial. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't see it in real. Uh, knowing where he is and uh, where he lives and how he uh, he uh, uh, goes on with his life. Maybe he doesn't see it the way we see it. We who are not responsible people. We are just people shouting and yelling. So it's like a self-imposed burden yeah. that without him, things get worse. That kind of sort of... Uh, I'm not going to say it's... He has to save himself first. Mm. Person. This is personal... Uh, approach. Mm. Uh, secondly, the country might collapse anyway. He is not able to save it anymore. He was he was probably able to save it uh, maybe ten years ago, but uh, it's been uh, going on uh, to the in a bad direction for quite a long time. What do you think, though? Going back to the question, what do you think would have happened had it been, let's say, the second day he stepped down? Do you think the state would have caved in with him? Uh, now, uh, I I remember, this is a hypothetical. Yeah, yeah, but, I know. Yeah. But uh, I remember uh, uh, in the last uh, year or so, before the death of my husband, of uh, your father, uh, Muhammad was really asking and advertising about having technocrat uh, cabinet and really worked very hard on this, trying to convince everybody around. And uh, that was 2012. Now, 2013, they killed him. And this technocrat thing got killed with him. And they formed a government, uh, what they call it, Wahdi Wataniya. Uh, national unity. Yeah. Which made it very hard for them to govern anymore. But, but do you think that would happen now? If no, no, no. If he were to step down now and let the, uh, some of the judges that he trusts, that he uh, feels comfortable with, uh, appoint them to form uh, a technocrat cabinet made out, what, what we mean by technocrat is uh, maybe they are affiliated with this uh, uh, a party or that party because uh, the Lebanese people are all, uh, uh, you know, they think of themselves, they're all politicians, but... Uh, You're talking about everyone, right? <laughs> I'm talking about almost everyone, yeah. ever since we were born. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what I'm uh, trying to say is a technocrat who is specialized in this job or that job. For instance, there is a health ministry. 
it cannot be run health ministry by somebody who is a businessman, for instance. But I'm going to just interrupt for a moment. So you would want him to set up that government and then step down? No, no, no. No, no stepping down? Before stepping down, he would have laid it down to the... Uh, oh, I see. So announce his, his announce resignation, it, yeah. but before resigning, before, set these sort of get everything set up in order for there to be a technocratic... Exactly. Now, let me, let me just... And to be a smooth resignation mm. by his willingness to go on the streets where the people are shouting and yelling and telling them, I'm stepping down because... I want to step down, not because I'm uh, abiding by your rules and orders, because I feel with you. People are angry. It's not a joke. This revolution is real. Now, I, I mean, we'll, we'll get back to the immediate yeah. emotions because it's clearly it's ongoing, right? So now it's, we're, we're going to enter our eighth day tomorrow, and it looks like the demonstrations will keep going. Uh, aside from his potential resignation, what do you think are the other steps that would be needed to allow the situation you're describing? So in order, in order for him to set up the conditions for a technocratic government, and by technocratic I think you mean also an independent government. In other words, not politically not affiliated. Not politically affiliated. Right. So are there any other resignations you would want to see happen? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can you give me just, I mean... I'm just going to suggest, is it, you want the president to step down with him? Do you want the Speaker of Parliament to step down? Absolutely, but gradually. Not all of them at one time. Mm. At one time, it will be uh, chaotic, probably. It might go in the, in the mm. uh, uh, bad direction. But we'll do it step by step. And there should be a willingness to do it mm. from all of them. That's not, and I tell you why, uh, a willingness. Because they cannot govern anymore. Mm -hmm. And frankly speaking, yeah. after those seven, eight days of really shout, people shouting and yelling and cursing, mm -hmm. using bad words, uh, uh, really a genuine anger and genuine uh, 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 hate. Yeah. And now again, I'm, a few days later, I'll come back as your president and I am the so-called your father. Father should care about his... Uh, children so it's, he's not caring so about his children I mean I'm not of course these are all hypotheticals but the ideal situation for you would have been within a few days an announcement of a transition yeah and one by one a resignation that's yeah. orchestrated only for stability not for, for chaos they've had enough of time and power mm. and governing mm. give the, the space to the others now let me ask you then in that case we've had attempts at overthrowing aspects of the regime or, or reforming the regime. We even managed to get the neighboring regime out of Lebanon yeah. in 2005. I mean, the Syrian army did leave. So there, we have gone to the street and there have been accomplishments in the past. Does this one feel different in the sense that this is not First of all, the, the level of spontaneity was, was very impressive. I mean, it really happened within hours. It was building up. We know that. All the bad news was building up from the fires to the taxes to the lira to a string of... Fires, the fires. 
I mean, it was just horrible news almost yeah. on a daily basis and watching the country burn. And then, of course, it's that last one, which may not have triggered a result on its own had it been an isolated event, but the, the pathetic attempt at taxing WhatsApp set people literally on fire, yeah, but right? That's you know, but my question is, we were, we're going, we were going towards a state of almost anarchy anyway, right? What are we saving at this point? Because I, I fear that the economy has collapsed without us really, really genuinely appreciating how bad we're going to crash. But there is always a way to pull it back up. There is always a way. We have specialized people. We have clever people. We have people educated. We have economists. We have real economists. Not those people that go on TV and start talking blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah. Ah. And there are many of them like that. Uh, the kind that Muhammad was. There are a lot. But do you think they have, let's say they're... They, they have the ability. They, they have, have the ability. The, the, the ability, and they are capable mm -hmm. to, to, to save it. Maybe it would take longer than uh, before. Yeah. Maybe before it would have been easier. Now it might be harder. I'm not an economist, but I know that there is always this chance. This chance. And let me tell you this. We have been... Uh, you know, I'm 64 year old. Just for the sake of talking, uh, uh, I am. Uh, I've lived about uh, two uh, to three uh, demonstrations and wars in Lebanon. I've never witnessed something like this happening in my life. So it is special I've because because of not just the numbers or the demands. What what is what is uh, it? The the. The uh, what do you call it? Uh, the uh, unity mm. that I saw, and mm. this time is real. Mm. March 14 was not real, and I was begging you guys, you and uh, my other son. I was begging you to uh, not to go on the street because I didn't have hope, and that's how I felt then. Uh, but you were proven wrong because there was a big March, success out of no, March 14. No, March 14 was a, was a failure. Well, the immediate demand was yeah. the Syrian army's withdrawal. That yeah. did happen. Yeah. So that is a success. Yeah. One, one item. The, the Syrian army might have been going to leave anyway. So because the, I mean, although there were demands for state reform, we can't forget people that were there on the street, yeah. Samir Asira, one of them, yeah. who called for a true reform of the state. Could we reform it? So you're talking about more that there's real potential now to do no, that? there is a potential of a change, and a real change. And you think the, the March 14 movement faded because the momentum wasn't there, or because it was, in a way, absorbed into the usual Lebanese politics? March 14, I call it March 14 movement. This time, it's a revolution. So let's go back. March 14, mm. movement. It's, uh, it was all built mm. on uh, emotional. Mm. We have a big man who got bombed, killed. And, uh, and, uh, uh, and that man was likable. 
people were crying over Rafiq Hariri's death. People were crying and uh, yelling, we want to take revenge of people who killed our Rafiq Hariri. So it was all built on emotions, crimes, bombs. And it was also years and years of Syrian rule. It wasn't just an isolated event. Yes. Year later, so even people that did not particularly like Rafiq Hariri showed up yes. protesting. Yes, and uh, and uh, we we got divided, in, in, into this uh, our Rafi, their uh, their uh, our uh, side, their side. Mm. We accused them; they accused us. Mm. So we started, uh, uh, we we started uh, uh, the fighting without really fighting, and we got divided for for quite uh, long years, about 10, 12 years. Now two, three years later. This movement that was happening spontaneous. We're talking about now. No, no, this, that movement. Well, March 14. March 14. Yeah. March 14 movement. Uh, the the momentum of it was almost like this time's momentum, but it got hijacked, and I call it a hijack, by those same politicians that we we're fighting now over uh, to to get rid of them. Those same people. And because they are not part of this moment, we have a chance this yeah. time around. Now we're fighting them. Right. Now right. we all, we all got yeah. together to get rid of them. Right. I feel it. And that's why I'm really nervous and very much uh, uh, excited uh, to see it uh, going in the right direction. If we were to lose it, that means we lost our country, our Lebanon that we want. Lebanon will stay Lebanon. People will stay people. Uh, but our Lebanon, our uh, uh, dream of having Lebanon, your dad's dream, our dream, your dream, your brother's dream. Uh, yeah, we would have lost it for at least our lifetime. Because this thing, those things to happen doesn't happen every day, you know? We, it, we talk about that regularly because before the demonstrations started last week, this common conversation, which is, it'll be a long time before this yeah. happens again. Absolutely. And then it happened. And so it's it happened. really unexpected and very fast. Right. And it's still happening. Right. It's, it's just beginning in a yeah. sense. But you think that in a way, this is the last chance for at least a few generations. For the to, future, for the, yeah, yeah, to come. Now That's why I'm telling you, uh, mm -hmm. you know, our, our, uh, at least my lifetime. Yeah, yeah. but I want to get into something else. You mentioned that you were, so yeah, you go to, obviously you go to Tripoli regularly mm -hmm. to, visit, Every weekend. to visit my grandmother, your mom. Um, this weekend you couldn't because this of the... It's been two weekends now. Sure, but you watched Tripoli I, celebrate and, and I'm proud of the Tripoli uh, of Tripoli people. Can I ask you for you because you are you mentioned your age so you gave that away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 64. 64. So in the last and a half. And a half. <laughs> so you're 65. No. <laughs> no, you're 64. 65 minus half. Minus a half. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that that they're yeah, si no, yeah I'm but that's fine. Comfortable with my fine. age. No so problem. 64. You've seen. Tripoli change. Yeah. Now your younger years, growing up in Tripoli, and I mean, it's of course not just you that says it. It's a whole generation of 
Lebanese who grew up in Tripoli before the war yeah. and Lebanese that talk about those years after the war. Uh, what made the weekend special for you? What was it about that moment where you saw people on the streets? It reminded me of my childhood. What do you mean by that, exactly? It reminded me of the good old days where we were, uh, we have friends not knowing from what religion they come from. We were going shopping, uh, uh, you know, walking on streets, going into cafes, having coffees, ice cream, not knowing that this uh, girl is uh, Christian or that uh, boy is, uh, is a Muslim. Uh, so because you saw just a sea of people on the same page, that that and, made it... And all yelling in the same voice. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. how we were. Is that though because... But Tripoli, in a peaceful way. But Tripoli, wasn't it a fractured city that ended up getting sucked into the civil war? Like, like Lebanon, like the whole, uh, all cities in Lebanon. So you're talking about really the 60s... This is the real Tripoli. The, the, I mean, going back a bit in time, but you're talking about your child, so six, the 1960s, before things would degenerate right. in Lebanon. Right, in a peaceful way where we would go partying, we would go uh, shopping, we were happy, we were uh, satisfied with what we have. For me, as the, the younger generation, who only grew up knowing Civil War Tripoli or post-war Tripoli, oh, exactly. and knowing Syrian-occupied yeah. Tripoli, yeah. it was good for, I think, the younger generation to know what the older generations were referring to, because this is the first time that there has been genuine joy in yeah. Tripoli yeah. for, for yeah. I mean, probably since yeah. your youth. Yeah. So yeah. it was that was they special. They were dancing. They yeah. were listening to musics. Uh, they were happy. Yeah. And all in one voice. Yeah. Saura, saura, saura. We want this regime to step down. We can also reflect on what was happening in the South over yeah. the weekend and, of course, what happened now, today. The South is another story. Today was a violent yeah. chapter yeah. in the protests. They tried it a couple of days ago. Yeah, they did. And Nabati today really tried there hard. There are injured people. Yes. But and they're asking for bloods. And I feel, I, I wish I could give them bloods. Now I can't at this age. The, the, uh, it's, it's a unique moment because in a way, Tripoli celebrating is the is the uh, thing we might remember for many years to come. Nabati demonstrating. Yes. Because Tripoli has demonstrated. we And Beirut has demonstrated. But Nabati, these are Sur, Yeah, and, it, and it's, a, it's the most... I mean, it's among the hardest parts of the country to challenge the ruling class. Yeah. What we haven't seen is Dahi. Now, let me ask you, because, mm. I mean, I think these are conversations that are happening all the time. Do you think this momentum will reach Dahi? And I, I ask you because I've asked this question to a few people now. And one of the answers I got was, don't forget Dahi is in Beirut. So people that are want to protest will go to downtown. They won't necessarily stay in Dahi. That, to me, doesn't sound no, like enough. No, that's not enough. Uh, of course, we know Jaladib is locked. The protests are there. Uh, all over Lebanon, they're happening. What would it take, in your opinion, for the 
what may be the most, the most, uh, maybe you af- know, afraid part of the country, yeah. given what's happening. Let me tell you, Dahia is a sensitive area, extremely sensitive now. Uh, if you ever see it happening in Dahia, that means Hezbollah is dead. That's it. We don't have any more Hezbollah. The last breath of Hezbollah. No. Dahi is a completely different story. Maybe somewhere, somewhere, somehow, some people might sneak out and go to Beirut to demonstrate. But in Dahi itself, I don't think. So in other words, Nabati is hard enough, but Dahi could be oh, harder, tenfold. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. At the same time, though, the Lebanese living in Dahi are going through the same economic pain that all of us are going through. But they have uh, Hassan Nasrallah above the, their pain. Which will now, I'll, I'll ask you then the, a follow-up. 2005, although you expressed not just disappointment, but caution that you thought it wouldn't go as far, you didn't think it would achieve much. That said, it did achieve the neighboring country's army withdrawing from Lebanon. It did not achieve anything else related to weapons or non-state actors. Hezbollah was spared. It's a fair thing. The reason I'm bringing this up is, and it's a repeated question I ask, the, 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 the ability for a mass uprising, which is what we're seeing, and the potential to from a burned house to rebuild something new, which is what you're saying. Even in the most dire times, there's still hope and there's still decent people that can work to rebuild Lebanon. Do you think that is possible so long as there is a group like Hezbollah in Lebanon? Or do you think that an arrangement with Hezbollah that we've had since the Syrian army left Lebanon, Hezbollah, in a sense, more powerful than the Lebanese state. Do you think that issue needs to be tackled first to get to the economic problems? Or are they simply separate issues that you can do one at a time, you don't need to focus on both at the same time, or there's no precondition? Hezbollah is now the the player or the major player in the country. Hezbollah is part of the government. Hezbollah is uh, 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 those crowd, the, those people, they're shouting at Hezbollah as well to step down. In Nabati. In Nabati, in Beirut, in uh, in Sur, in. Uh, are they? In are they really? I mean, I, I've seen I've seen a lot of anti-Birri sentiment. I've seen anti-Amal. Thank you. Hezbollah is a very sensitive issue, for them, for them, because they look at their leader as. Not the clergyman, uh, regular one. Uh, it's uh, uh, almost like a, uh, a prophet. So, uh, regardless of what, how they think uh, or how they uh, they be- what they believe in, Hezbollah people are different than uh, Amal's people. Now, sometimes at uh, uh, May seven, they got together against us. Now. You're referring to 2008 and the uh, street the, battles. The, the, the and, yeah. Street battle. yeah. Now, it's uh, 
uh, uh, now there is this this poverty uh, uh, thing which, a, which affects them which uh, which is affecting them so we're together yelling and shouting now if the issue doesn't concern them do we see them yelling and shouting with us i don't know or vice versa so i really don't know that's that's what is confusing. what is interesting going back to the beginning of what we were talking about with hadidi and your what you suggested was his missed opportunity to not he should have resigned from the second or third day um, we've seen what i think is a, a big political tragedy for saad al-hadidi this is not the only one but it's a it's a big one on its own is that he appears more and more like Hezbollah's prime minister in Lebanon. Mm, that's true. And the fact that Hezbollah, in a sense, in a sense, demanded that Hadidi stay in power, they didn't, they didn't say it as bluntly, but that is the message that's being delivered. That's what they want. That's yeah. what they want. I think that in itself has made them, by design or not, Part of the equation when they when people on the street are saying killon killon killon, I think they do actually mean killon. all of them. All yeah. of them. This Including. is not a special sort yeah. of Nasrallah except no, 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 uh, except no, no. out of the equation. Yeah. Have you ever seen that before? No. No. This is the thing that made me uh, feeling like uh, this feel was uh, really unexpected. I, I cannot explain it. I yeah. cannot uh, really uh, tell you. Uh, how I felt. It was happiness to the maximum. But now, uh, uh, now I am, uh, as I'm telling you, I am really worried. And uh, I have nights where I cannot sleep. Uh, well, you before we started recording, you told me you haven't slept since 11 in the evening, in the evening yesterday. yesterday. You know, I think... Uh, and many people are like... Yeah, I think a lot of people are waking up in the yeah, middle of the night yeah. or they're they're anxious because it's happening so quickly. And I wanted to maybe get into this with you because you've seen, you've seen a lot of history in Lebanon. You've been witnessing a lot of history. You've seen wars happen, you've seen yeah. revolts happen, and obviously you've seen many protests occur. This one to me, in my lifetime, feels accelerated. And I wonder if this is more to do with the way we interact now with news. With the, no, actually, technology is taking Well, that's what I mean, yeah. yeah. So let me just add, how do you keep up with what's happening? I uh, I have my social media. So, you, so you're 64. Yeah. And you're using social media. Yeah, yeah. What is it? Which uh, social media? Facebook, Facebook? Uh, Twitter, mainly. Uh, and, of course, uh, getting in touch with friends through WhatsApp and Viber. And Interesting. So even you, you, uh, who I would not automatically assume is active on social media. You're getting your news through social media. Yeah. Well, since you're such an avid social media user, I expect you to get me a few extra clicks. I hope so. I mean, I want this episode to show up on all of your I will. profiles. I promise. Do you have a bunch of fake profiles that you use as well? Uh, don't worry about that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is special, and maybe people will look back on this later, uh, because I'm doing the same thing. Uh, I'm just refreshing my Twitter feed. Yeah. And I wonder if that ad, it makes two things at the same time happen. The first is that we don't sleep, because we're waiting second by second for news to break. And by the way, the TV set is on. Well, the Days TV, and nights. 
Yeah, I mean, 24-hour news in itself is already unhealthy, but social media is second by second. So that I think maybe that adds to the anxiety. Yeah, probably, yeah. But the other thing is that we, in a way, expected history to move quickly. We want events to happen faster. And maybe that's because we're literally waiting and waiting and waiting for, for more things to happen. And I wonder if that actually makes things happen faster. So let me just throw out a question to you. Today and yesterday, but more, more today, we've seen the government, this incompetent bunch of, you, just, you said it yourself, wartime criminals, some of them economic uh, people with mediocre politics and a bunch of thugs that get together the, for the first time in the post-war era, they actually, they actually are working. We are now seeing a prime minister under duress, under, mm. under pressure, trying to reform the country. Mm. It may not satisfy the protesters. It may not actually, no. it may not keep him around. But the fact is, he is, for better or worse, the last second, he's trying to push in some reform. Now, we've seen some of these plans. It's not just about cutting salaries for politicians. It's, I mean, it seems, it seems putting him, uh, detaching him from all that's happened, just knowing what he's been doing the last six days, it seems like he's actually trying, to the best of his abilities, to get the government to do something. This man has been trying for a long time. This government is not functioning. With uh, Prime Minister Hariri or without. Prime Minister Hariri, what he did, he was able to uh, prolong its life to this government. He's just prolonged it. So what is it that's happening now, in your opinion, that there are some reforms being implemented? What what is what exactly is? I think they're studying again a, a new kind of reform or uh, yeah. uh, doing another twist here and there. But it's useless at this but point. I, I think yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I mean I uh, think it's useless because of what I'm seeing. Yeah. Happening, but uh, and that's why I don't want them to lose. That's why I don't want them those people in the street not to give up. Because if it doesn't happen to their own satisfaction, there is another uh, uh, crowd of people who are just sitting home now, being caught at home, not able to work, not going to banks, not going to uh, schools. And uh, for how long they can stay like this? Now, it's been going on for one week. Okay, we call it vacation. Vacation cannot last for too long. So the, the sooner... The sooner the, sooner the, the system itself steps down, the, the sooner better. everyone involved goes away, yeah. the better. Yeah. At least to start off somewhere, yeah. you know, with, and, and the, 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 the starting point should be the collapse of the government now, and um, yeah. forming a new government. I want to ask you a, a separate subject, but it ties into this. In the background, in these protests, there's a desire for secular secular state mm. and I'm not talking about a 
somewhat secular. I mean, it seems like this it's is evil. a... Yeah. Yeah. So the sectarian order that Lebanon has lived through in all of its independent history, throughout its French mandate, and throughout a good chunk of Ottoman... and I mean, it's just... It is embedded in everyone here. The confessional power-sharing order. It seems like there is momentum to throw it away. Do you want to see a secular state established here where religion and sect have no place in government, just simply based on competence? This would be a dream coming true. That is your dream? Coming true. Okay, so you you don't have any reservations to that? Absolutely not. So do you... I, to a... To a degree, I sympathize with that sentiment. And I say it to a degree because I don't know how certain communities in Lebanon relate to that sentiment. I, in a genuine secular society, in a state that protects all of its citizens, you shouldn't have to worry about whether or not you're a shrinking minority or a, or a, whatever, or, or a growing minority sure. or a shrinking majority. It shouldn't matter. So in other words, whether you're Christian, Muslim, Druze, Sunni, Shia, Maronite, Orthodox, Armenian, all the above, it shouldn't matter because you're all treated the same. At the same time, the fact that you do have politicians in this country that have risen in recent years, that have, that have grown, and some there is popularity. Politicians who talk about the Christian decline and say Christians need to fight for their survival. But and sorry, just to interrupt, sorry. That they do things that you would never expect. But we're going to get rid of those politicians. So it's not the fear that's... Let's remove these politicians. And we know who we're talking about here. There's a lovely melodic chant mm. about his, mm. uh, him and his mom at the moment, right? Mm. The vulgarity aside, he's... You know that might be that might be one of the accomplishments of this moment is that he will never be president. I don't th- I don't think you can put her anymore as a janitor, <laughs> dormant, in a building. He lost it. Him, but him aside, the people that the people that are able to detach their disdain for him, and at the same time feel insecure, mm. because the Middle East is an insecure place for Christians at the moment. Do you think it's just simply get rid of these fear mongers and things will be fine? The Christians will stay in Lebanon as Christians. In numbers, in competence, in in, in empowerment. Do you think the sectarian order has helped their decline? Has has accelerated their decline? No, it's the uh, migration. It's the, uh, the lack of uh, employment. It's uh, the lack of uh, vision to this country. When Christian, uh, uh, young teenager, by the age of 16, 17, he's done with his baccalaureate, his, his high school, he wants to leave the country because there is no hope in this country. There is no future in this country. And he goes and he stays. And sometimes he comes back, sometimes it doesn't. So the economics is a bigger it's, concern it's than the sectarian concern. insecurity. Yeah. Yeah. And if you solve the economic problem, problems, you can make the, these minorities feel more like they're still part of the equation sure, sure. and they matter. 
and once you form a government that's non-sectarian, then this issue won't be uh, uh, even discussed or it won't come across your mind anymore. Because you're Christian at home, you're Christian, okay, you go to church, you celebrate this, you celebrate that, you're Muslim, you go to mosque, you celebrate that, you know, then it won't be an issue, it would be a personal issue. You, you mentioned uh, my father, your husband's uh, technocratic, independent yeah. government ideas. There was also that idea of the Senate serving yeah. a symbolic religious, keeping the religious issue on this a, part of on life. A, on, yes, yes, and then having a parliament that is literally based on competence only and not on religious quotas. They never applied it. I want to ask you now, let's say the prime minister resigns tomorrow. Let's say Aoun resigns. Let's say Birri resigns. Wow. I mean, it's, it's uh, to me wow. still at this point now, even with everything that's happening, it's still un, unimaginable. Um, and Nasrallah says, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm the president? I'm, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> What does he want now? No, I'm saying in the dreams scenario, he just Hezbollah disarms too, right? And everyone says we got it wrong. Wow. Okay, I mean wishful thinking, right? The ability for, I think, this power sharing that Lebanon inherited, and I'm, I'm skeptical, I'm skeptical at how far we can go from it. Because I really think, and I don't want to sound too pessimistic yes, here, yeah. but I'll, I really think that the only reason Lebanon exists as the country that we know is because of that. You unplug the model. And I, I don't want to be, I am not hostile towards the dreams of people on the street. On the contrary, I identify with these people. I support them too. And I see eye to eye with a lot of the demands they want. All of that aside, I still think of Lebanon as the last Ottoman state. This country only exists because we are a power sharing. You know, let me tell you this. Uh, I talk a lot with uh, my uh, parents. Right. And uh, so you know, I, the, my grandmother, your mom, they grew up during the French generation. Yeah. yeah. And what uh, I feel from the way they tell me how life was, I feel that they were more sectarian than nowadays. That's interesting. Yeah. You think the sectarianism of this country has actually gone down over time? Mm. Mm. Now, with this movement, if yeah. it ever succeeds, and I hope it will, you're going to see a big jump. Mm. A jump towards? Towards better. Towards uh, non non-sectarian. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a, you know what? It's good to have this optimism. I really think it's essential. I'm really, I'm really hoping this time. I'm crossing my fingers. That's the, the first time in my life I feel there is hope. How old were you when the Civil War broke out? You, 18. You were 18. Do you remember the years leading up to the Civil War in terms of demonstrations? Do you remember the... Yeah, but there was nothing compared to nowadays, no. Like, uh, you would have little demonstration on this street or that street, with little uh, burning tires, uh, then the next day, life... But, but you don't see this spiraling into violence. There's no... There's no, none no. of that on After the... After the declaration of war, where uh, the boss got... Uh, uh, Ayn Remeni uh, got blown up. 
but the, you don't have any, there's no reservation with this degenerating into violence. I doubt it. You know, for, for me, the, yeah. sorry to interrupt, the second day, or the third fr day. Fr Friday, Friday night, I, th I believe it was Friday night, is when... When it started. When No, Thursday night it started, it started but, but Friday night was, there were, there was violence, and there was a lot of... I mean, the city looked like a war zone at, yeah, at some point. Yeah, because it was, yeah, the yeah. beginning, not knowing where we're heading towards what. Exactly. And then within hours, it looked like a giant celebration. So it went very, very, very quickly from chaos and violence or what could have led to maybe more violence, rampaging, you know, to, it went to then becoming a festivity. Right. And I, that was really very reassuring. Because it was not uh, organized, yeah. it was not planned, yeah. it was uh, uh, done uh, spontaneous, yeah. uh, ad hoc thing. Yeah. Uh, they called uh, each other on WhatsApp and uh, on Facebook, yeah. and FaceTime, uh, you know, they sent uh, messages to, uh, to their friends, they got together and uh, the group got into more groups, more groups, so more groups. It was exponential. So the fact of it being so spontaneous and leaderless. And leaderless. Do you think this kind of movement is sustainable without people? No, they, I think they formed now uh, a small like uh, uh, representation. Mm. So that would be, of course, necessary at some point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To organize it, at least. Yeah. To, to know to whom they should communicate if the government wants to communicate with them. I'll just wrap it up here. I've been going to Martyr's Square every day since it started and I've seen generations side by side which is good yeah. you have kids who yeah. know who don't even they don't know March 14 yeah. they don't they barely remember you stink which just yeah. four years ago uh, my generation's there your generation is there and you also my, have mother's, your, my mother's generation exactly so it's and I think that helps because half of Lebanon was protesting over yeah. the weekend. By the way, there's something I noticed uh, as well, which really, really made me proud of being Lebanese. Uh, a mother took her own child to the demonstration, and she told her, listen, we're not on a vacation now. That's not a vacation. We need to work. That's true, we don't have school, but we need to work. She put a mask on her face, and she uh, wore uh, gloves, and they started picking up garbage, recyclable, plastics in this bag and organic in this bag. Now, this is something, to see it happening in Lebanon, it's a dream coming true. There's a respect for the state, yeah. a respect for what the state should be and yeah. what it could and be. And this little girl was very happy doing the job. Mm. She got rewarded by that army, a soldier. She stood in front of him, and she uh, uh, gave him uh, a, a rose. So he picked her up, and he uh, 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 picked her up and uh, put her down. She's not scared now from the army, from the soldier. Mm. So there's this kind of human uh, approach. Uh, uh, I'm sure many other things happened in the demonstration where I couldn't see it, but those, uh, this human uh, respect uh, from 
the soldier to that little girl, the mother, how she treats her little girl. Uh, uh, it made me feel, uh, yes, I'm proud to be. This is Lebanon. This is real Lebanon. 76 years since independence, and it looks like perhaps this may be the moment that a true Lebanese citizen is born. Hopefully things move in the direction you're describing. I hope so. Because it, it, it would be a form of justice for the older generations Absolutely. to see in their lifetime a better Lebanon. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you very much. that she forgot about the $100, and I particularly enjoyed capturing my mom's views in the middle of all that's happening. And obviously, the, uh, the revolt continues. We're entering the second week now, and I'll be releasing these episodes as quickly as possible. Uh, if you're enjoying these reflections of Beirut, of Lebanon, and history in the making, uh, please consider a contribution via our Patreon page. The Patreon link is in the details box below, or you can visit our website, beirutbanyan.com, and click on the Patreon button. This is an independent endeavor, and any contribution would be greatly appreciated. And if you're enjoying the episodes, please subscribe via your preferred podcast platform. Apple, Spotify, Google, you name it. And we also have a YouTube channel if you prefer YouTube. Uh, search for the Beirut Banyan, you'll find us there as well. Until next time, I'm Rani Shatah. And this is the Beirut Banyan.